Are you a creative individual? Do you like to make stuff? Perhaps you're a painter, a sculptor, a photographer, a designer, or just plain old like to make stuff. Well, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Artist Appeals. I'm your host, Aaron Sparler, and in this podcast, we explore the business of art. We interview lots of different professionals who've had long and interesting careers in the arts, from publishers of art magazines to vice presidents of large companies that license artwork to successful artists that have multiple books that are international bestsellers. We have so much to share with you guys. Advice, tips, tricks, inspirational quotes. And if you're interested in inspirational quotes, you can get some of the quotes from these interviews on Pretty Backgrounds on theartistappeals.com. So after the episode, please go out and go to theartistappeals.com to get your free downloadable resources. Are you a teacher or a homeschooler or a crafter? Perhaps you have kids that you like to share your love of nature with and explore the outdoors and have adventures with. Perhaps you like to go out and find bugs and frogs and turtles and snakes and birds' nests. Now you can bring that adventure inside and extend your adventure with your kids or your crafts with a craft project. Check out I Connect Crafts. That's E-Y-E, as in an eyeball, connectcrafts.com, where you can find over 70 different animals, all designed by yours truly, called the Totem Poppets. The Totem Poppets are fun, movable animals. You can paint them, you can stamp them, you can zentangle them. They can take anything you can throw at them, from crayons to watercolors. They're movable. Everyone has joints. You put them together with mini brads. We have six different colors of mini brads. You can choose blues, purples, greens, golds, silvers, whites, whatever you like, and you assemble them and then you can play with them. Stick them on a chopstick, make a play, put them in an art journal, a scrapbook, a greeting card, use them in a project for school. So check them out at iConnectCrafts.com. Welcome to the Artist Appeals. In this episode, I want to talk about product. I want to talk about a mind shift. I want you to start thinking about your work, your creativity, your artwork as work and as a product. And when you manage to flip that switch and start thinking about your art and what you create as a product, it's going to open up new doors. It's going to help you let go of it. I know it's super easy to take your artwork and squirrel it away in a closet. I am totally guilty of this. I love taking a collection of work, um, the originals in particular, and putting them in those beautiful acetate sleeves that preserve them forever and ever and hiding them away in my closet. I love a gorgeous leather portfolio. I was raised in the era of portfolios, and I have dozens of them, literally. I love making a collection. It's like making a book you've got to be able to let go of it as well. And so a product is something that you can sell. And when you think of your work as a product, 
then you can also start to think about different pricing options. So what's really important about pricing your products is that you can price for wholesale and retail, right? Wholesale is where you sell to a store and they normally double the price and sell it to the customer. They want a steep discount. Retail is where you're selling direct to the customer, right? So there's another thought though that you have to have about pricing and about pricing your products. And that is the term product ladder, creating a product ladder. A product ladder is when you have lower priced products, impulse buys, if you will, products that people can pick up pretty easily, kind of like a candy bar at the grocery store. You know, you're in that line and you're looking at the candy and the kids are like, I want it, I want it, I want it. Or, you know, they now have these aisles where they have coloring books instead of candy for us mothers that don't want our kids on a sugar rush. And you look at it and you go, oh, it's $2 or $3. Okay, no problem. You can have that. So an introductory pricing is a low price product that gets people to buy it and not feel bad about it. It's an introductory pricing. They're maybe nervous about buying a piece of art. Maybe dollars $100, $200, $1,000 is too much, but $10 is not or $20 is not So by thinking of your work as a product and creating a product ladder, it allows different people to buy at different price points. So you have a low price product, an introductory price for new people, for people that are maybe a little nervous, or maybe they just want a small gift to give to a friend or a family member for a holiday. Then you create another price tier, a low to medium price tier, and then a next one that's maybe higher, and then a higher one, and then you can reserve your originals and your big pieces or commission pieces for those top ladder, top rung of the ladder. So that top tier becomes your originals and your big pieces or commissioned work. And they can be hundreds and thousands of dollars. And you don't feel as bad giving them away because you're getting what they're truly worth. Wouldn't you feel great if you were selling an original and you were getting $1,000 for an original or $2,000 or $100,000? Wouldn't that be incredible, right? You'd let go of an original piece of artwork for something like that. So a product ladder, it's this idea of creating products that can be sold at lower, medium, and higher price points. I want you to start by just thinking about three price points, a low, medium, and high. Don't get too crazy. Don't get too complicated at first. You can add to your product ladder at any point. So just start with three or four tiers on your product ladder. But you do need to start thinking of your work as a product. And this will let you create reoccurring revenue as well. A really great example is our interview with Jeff Shank. He's an incredible photographer and he talks about reoccurring revenue and about his prints. We talk a little bit about limited edition prints. So in photography, a lot of times people say, oh, this is a limited edition print. We do it in fine art with reprints. So 
if you have a giclée print and you have this original piece, right? And you make a print, maybe a giclée or maybe a print from your digital computer or whatever. You might say, I'm going to print a hundred of these and then I won't make any more in this medium or at this size. Now, that might not mean that you won't make another hundred at a much larger scale, but the idea of a limited edition print is that people collect them and because they're only a certain number, that makes them more valuable. Kind of like having an original is more valuable because it's the only one. So by limiting the number, you're hopefully increasing the value of your artwork. And it's interesting because Jeff Shank and I talk about this idea of the limited edition print. And he was saying that he doesn't really do it. And the reason is, is that it limits how much income you can make from that image. So he has a print of, for example, some of his goats with these cute little adorable goats with curly hair and they're at the top of the mountain and they're hanging out with their guardian dog, the Great Pyrenees. And it's just such a beautiful intimate moment. And he says, this is my most popular print. And if I had done limited editions, it would have limited my income. And I would have really regretted it because I've made a lot of money from this print and from this product. So it's just kind of, you know, something you have to consider whether or not you want to do limited editions is up to you. But if you do do limited edition prints or limited edition runs of one of your designs or artwork, then that belongs on the upper tier of your product ladder. Another example of this is John Paul Caponegro. He's a very famous photographer. And what he does with his limited edition prints is he actually increases the price of the prints as they sell out. So the first, let's say, 100 cost $1,000. And then the next 100, after those 100 have been sold, once you hit 101, are $200 or $2,000. He charges a lot for his work. The next 300 are $3,000. And maybe that's all he's going to do of that run is 300. But he actually increases the price of his limited edition prints as they sell out. So the more popular are, the more money he makes. So product ladders, three-tiered products. Are you thinking about three-tiered products now? Are you thinking about how you can price your products at a low price point? And at a high price point yet? If not, let me give you another example. So let's talk about a low price point example, an impulse buy. That is a really great example. You can go and listen to the episode with Ashley Monet of Sir de Belle. We talk about her products, which are really cool. They are lip balms that are infused with the flavors of the company she makes them for. So she creates a product that is available to a company wholesale. She sells to coffee roasters, wineries, uh, distilleries, and she takes their wine, their sangria, for the distilleries, their whiskeys or their whatever, and she infuses it into locally sourced artisanal beeswax. And then she pours it into a lip balm. The label is custom made to match the branding of the company, and they sell them right there at the cash register in a beautiful wooden box that they make. So that's a really easy impulse buy because 
a lip balm is just a couple of dollars. And so they see that and they buy that. And it's reoccurring revenue for the company and for Ashley. Another example of a low tier price point that you could use, a lower one than if you were a fine artist, is postcards or small prints. You can have these near the cash register as well. So maybe somebody picks up a medium price point product and then they pick up a postcard to send their grandma or they pick up a small print to give as a gift over Christmas. Those are all things that you want to be considering is what can I sell that can be easily and quickly made from my product or that I can make repeatedly? So if you are a sculptor or a woodworker, maybe you can make little marbles or little wooden beads that jewelry makers might pick up. Maybe you could make some little tiny sake cups if you're a sculptor or somebody that makes clay and functional pottery. Maybe you can make little pieces that people can buy. So you want to have this lower price point, medium price point, and upper price point. And that allows you to make more money. So are you getting some ideas for your product ladder? Do you have some ideas for three different products that you can make from your artwork that are priced low, medium, and high? Here's another example. Sandra Everton is one of our interviews. She is the owner and creator of these amazing sculptural bases for mixed media artists to work on. So she actually went around the world. She traveled the world as a model and she bought and collected these amazing, gorgeous pieces from all over the place. And then she makes these ensemblages. She puts them together into original shapes, you know, maybe like a baby doll head with crystals coming out all over it, almost like a crown or an eyeball inside of a heart with different size spikes coming out. You've got to see the work to understand it. So she took original antique artwork from different cultures and combines them in new and unique ways. And then she makes resin casts. They look like ceramic. I actually don't know what medium she's actually using, but if anybody knows, let me know. And she makes these amazing bases that you can paint and use in your artwork them. So that's a really unique product, right? But she's creating replicas of it. So she makes like a one-off. She makes an original work and then she creates from that original work a cast and then replicates it. And that's what she sells. So she might charge lesser for a smaller piece or a piece that doesn't involve her originality maybe so much. So she might charge less for a replica of a small key that she found, for example, and maybe more for a larger piece. So you can also price based on size, smaller pieces being less, medium pieces being medium priced, and larger pieces being larger. So some great examples. I hope that you're getting some ideas about different products or different repeating things that you can make from your products, okay? You want to take your artwork and think of it as a product and then start to think to yourself, how can I make a product ladder? How can I make something that is an impulse buy less than $20, between, you know, $5 and $20? That's your goal. A medium price product from 
probably 20 to $80, depending on your market and your medium. And then an upper price point product. Maybe you want to put a fourth rung in that ladder and have a low, very low from $1 to $20. And then maybe your next ladder rung is $20 to $50. Depends on your market. Maybe you want to put that next one in at $80 to $150 or $200. And then your really big ones from $100, $200 to $1,000 or $1,000 to $2,000. You can have as many rungs as you want on your ladder, but I'm suggesting here that you start with at least three, maybe four, and think of how you can make your artwork into a product. All right, so we've talked a bunch about product ladders, three-tiered pricing. Let's talk just a minute about some of the things you need to include in that pricing of your products and how do you get to that pricing model. Maybe you start with your original and you talk to yourself by making a list of all of the things that you need to cover to charge for your artwork. So one, your supplies. That's the easy one. How much does it actually cost you to make the piece? Like how much paint goes into it, the price of the canvas or the clay or the materials? What are the costs of your materials? You need to know. You should have a spreadsheet or even just a piece of paper. You don't have to do it digitally. It's perfectly acceptable to just have a ledger or to just write things down. I've got paper all over the places. Paper is not dead, folks. So, how much do the materials cost you? That's number one. Also, you need to take into account your time. How long does it take you to make this product? A great artist that I love to watch his work is um, Adam Scott Miller. Very in-depth, really laborious, detailed oil paintings that he does. And he actually, on every piece, writes the number of hours that it took him to paint that painting. So that's kind of a neat thing to see is his input, his time input, and that becomes a selling marketing tool. So how much time does it take you? You should maybe try and put a little bit of a number associated with your time, right? If you were working for anybody else, you'd get a paid an hourly fee. So you need to know what your time is worth. You also want to take a look at the price of the tools that you use to make your artwork. Now, in business, it's referred to as overhead. So a company is going to have overhead. They're going to have computers. They're going to have an office building. They're going to have lights and electricity they have to pay for. All of these things are rolled up into the category of like overhead. And companies will actually look at their computers and say, and they'll plan ahead, okay, we need to buy our employees new computers every five years. Well, you need to replace your materials and your supplies and you need to pay your rent and you need to pay your electricity. And you need to pay your water. Those are your overhead. You need to plan ahead for those things. So you want to put in a guesstimate, if you will. You can guess. It doesn't have to be precise, but you want to definitely put in a fee for your overhead. So for your tools, what if a tool breaks? You might have to replace it. If you use a computer to upload your artwork onto the internet and onto your website, you're going to need to replace it eventually. 
a website needs to be updated. It is a living, growing organism that needs updated, and they do break every couple of years. So you want to plan ahead for that. So you needed a little bit of money allocated towards overhead. And you need to consider packaging materials. So once you've created your product, how are you going to package them? How are you going to make them look nice? They've got to be in some sort of packaging material. Even if it's just a print, you're going to need an acetate sleeve, maybe a little bit of a backer so it doesn't get bent and wrinkled. And shipping materials. Even if you're shipping straight out of your house, you're going to need bubble wrap and boxes and tape. You're going to want to throw little extras in to make it an experience for the receiver. So things like that need to be taken into your pricing. And that's why we have this product ladder, because if you roll all that into one product, you're going to find that you can't charge $20, right? You just, it would never be enough. And that's why you can charge more for your originals and for your upper price tiered products. And then when you make repeats, the more often you do it, the say if you get something produced by a manufacturer, they actually give you a price break for a larger quantity being produced. So when you do that, when you reproduce something over and over and over and over again, you get a system and you can go faster. And that's how you end up pricing a little bit less for those repeated items that aren't limited edition. They're not originals. They're made over and over again. It's the idea of scale. So hopefully I've got you thinking about your work, your designs, your artwork as potential products and how you can make different products. I've given you some examples of infused lip balms, limited edition prints or not limited edition prints, postcards. Oh, here's a neat one from Jeff Shank. He uses Moo, which is a printing company to make his business cards with photos on them, but then he gets like 20 different photographs. So Moo, instead of making one business card with one image on it, you can make a business card for 20 different images. And he says people will actually collect his business cards. And he goes through a lot of them that way, but they're like a little impulse pickup. And they remind people of what they want to get. So they pick up a couple of the business cards and then they become repeat customers, hopefully. Maybe they pick up a medium one, they get one print, they pick up the business cards, and those are little reminders of, oh, yeah, I want to get some more of those goats and make a whole display of goats on my wall or something like that. So think about what you can make at the different levels to offer your clients. What do they want? So your homework assignment is to make a list of all your expenses. How much does it cost you to make your work? That's your first part of the homework assignment is to just put it on a piece of paper. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be down to the cent. Just loosey-goosey, just a guesstimate of your materials, your time, your tools, your overhead, your packaging materials, your shipping materials. List them all out. Add them all up. That's going to be your top level prices. Okay, those are going to be your top tiered products. Then think about how you can make your product. What can you make from your designs that would be a lower price point product? For example, 
my craft kit company, I Connect Crafts, we make these cool little movable animals and they're cut out of chipboard. So those are my original designs that I made. And, you know, the original idea was sketched out. I still have those sketches as originals where I'm exploring the design, right? And I've shown them at gallery shows and they would be priced one way. And then I converted them into designs into the computer and had them cut by a laser printer. Then those designs are in a little piece of chipboard and then they go in a sleeve and then they have what's called a hang tag across the top. It's a folded over piece of cardboard with a hole punched in it so that you can hang it on a hook in a store. Inside each package is a little insert with a write-up about the animal, about the symbolism in Native American culture, Asian culture, or whatever. And then at the end of the paragraph, it has a little prompt. It has a picture of the finished product so that people can look at it and put it back together. So that is a repeating product. The more of those you have cut at one time, the more of a discount you get. But you have to take into consideration the cost of the chipboard, the cost of the laser cutter, how long it takes him to cut those. They charge by like the millisecond. The number you're having made, then you have to take into cost, into consideration the plastic bag, the insert, and the hang tag, and then a fee for them putting it all together, assembling it. All right? So when you create a product, that is how you price it. You look at all the materials, all of the packaging materials, and all of the shipping materials or whatever, and you roll it into that. So you want to aim for making a list of everything that's going to go into making your products and come up with that ballpark. And then your next assignment, part two of your homework assignment, <laughs> is to list different products that you could make from your art and design. Figure that out and then create your product ladder. I'd love to know what your product ladder is going to be. So once you've done this, feel free to share it. I'd love to know. I will totally open up the Facebook page for you to put pictures if you'd like, or you can shoot me an email. Just go to the Artist Appeals, click on my email, and send me a note if you want any feedback. Or, like I said, share it on our Facebook page, The Artist Appeals, for feedback there as well. Thanks a lot. I hope you've enjoyed this episode about The Artist Appeals and the second step in the seven-step process, which is product. Appeals is the seven-step process for building a business in the arts, and it stands for art. Product. Presentation, educating your audience with stories, so educate, amplify through automation, licensing, and finally, success. I hope you've enjoyed this episode about the second step, and you can go back if you missed the first episode about art. And of course, all of our interviews are conducted in this format, art, product, presentation, educate, amplify, license, and success. Of course, sometimes we get a little off track, but that's the fun of it. Some great advice, some great tips. I've summarized a little bit here. So go back and listen to those other episodes and then do your homework, 
make us some products, list out your prices, list out your materials, and come up with some products for your artwork. I'm happy to have had you here. I'm Erin Sparler, your professor for the day, (laughs) and I hope you've enjoyed it. All right, I'll see you at the next episode. Thanks. Well, that's it for the Artist Appeals. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed recording it. I just love talking with all these artists and business people. It's phenomenal, and I've learned so much. I hope you've learned something, too. You can get more information. You can check out some of the links that we talked about in these podcasts at theartistappeals.com. That's the artist appeals a p p e a l s dot com thanks and have a good one <laughs>